Hello and welcome to the Storytelling with Puck podcast. We will, as always, start with a story. So my story is very timely. Today is obviously the first year of the anniversary of being in lockdown. And my uh, lockdown story has been one, one hell of a story, one hell of a journey, really. And today I'm um, excitedly and nervously waiting for Amazon to tell me that my book has been published. I've been trying to do it for the last three days and it, I've been getting emails saying, you need to tweak this and you need to tweak that. But I'm really hopeful and positive that uh, maybe during this podcast, it might come through and tell me we've gone live. And it makes you think about what that last year has all been about, really, I think. Mine's quite a long story. It started from when I was a little girl. I don't have a lot of memories from them, but I had some quite traumatic experiences quite young. My dad died when I was 16. And then um, I was in quite an abusive relationship. And um, I've been sort of going from one job to another until I got really poorly. And then... I started my own business and I made my son something which called a cuddle bed and um, that helped him sleep. And I didn't do that as a business. I was, I think I was on sick at the time. Yeah, I was for a year on my nursing job. And I just taught myself to sew because I researched some things on the internet to try and find him something to help him because he'd nested, which means he puts everything in his bed to try and help him sleep and comfort himself. Okay. So I came up with this bed and um, somewhere along the line, it turned into a business. I think it found me, to be honest. I think it just sort of happened. And um, yeah, it took off from there, really. Okay, brilliant. A very condensed version there, Chrissy, which we'll dig into a lot more. But before we do, now might be a good time to remind anyone who hasn't listened before or who has forgotten. My name is Stefano. I run Puck Creations and I am the regular host of this podcast. If the title Storytelling with Puck hasn't given it away, this podcast is all about stories like the one we're about to dig into more with Chrissy. So we'll share stories, chat about stories and see how stories fit in with the business world too. Of course, we couldn't do that without our wonderful guests. And this week, you've heard her first name. We have the inspirational Chrissy Lowry. Chrissy, I'm really interested in exploring your story further. You first shared the longer version for this year's Storytelling with Puck initiative. And I remember you talking about at the time um and you mentioned it just now that your dad died when you were 16 um my mum also passed away when I was uh 18 and it's a very young age to lose a parent what kind of impact did that have on you I think it made me struggle to be honest with relationships in any form I think I sort of then protected myself so to speak that Sounds a bit weird, but like if I'm protecting myself, not getting too involved and too close, then I can't lose that person. I think in the back of my mind somewhere because I lost three people in three years that from when I was 16, all very close people in my family. And I think, yeah, I think it did a bit of a number on me, really. (laughs) I can imagine it would, yeah. It's definitely not not an easy thing to go through, especially as you say, three people in three years. That's a a very short period of time. And from there... um, 
I know you kind of jumped a little bit to you when you had your son and then you created the idea of, uh, of a cuddle bed, but maybe you can guide us through what happened in between. Where did life take you? So the last, so we go back to when I was a teenager, the last person that died was my nana and she was the real close person in my life. Um, and that was on my 18th birthday. And at that time I was living in a mother and baby's home because I'd had a child really very young to an older person and that was the that was the abusive relationship so my life was all over the place right back then um I then found a job in uh, a garage and I started being a mechanic and my dad was a mechanic so that made me feel close to him in a weird way and then I seemed to have got myself together for my 20s my 20s as I wrote in um in my story was a really good time I emigrated to New Zealand I found that I like to work with in the special needs service and I joined the special education needs service over in, in uh, New Zealand I lived with a, a wicket keeper over there he was a professional wicket keeper oh wow yeah we still keep in touch so that was it that was an incredible time and I absolutely loved it I came back after a year I bought my first house I went to back to college and I got um, a diploma and then I got a really good job in a residential autistic home as um, a manager there and I did that with two homes and then I became aware of I think it was a lady who was like an assessor said oh I think you're wasted here you should do your nurse training I was like oh <laughs> suddenly it hit <laughs> yeah I thought yeah I, even though I love the job I thought yeah I think there's something more I can do so I became a nurse mental health nurse specialist and I did that for I think 15 years and in that time I had three children um I had twins and they came three months early and they were very sick and I was very sick okay. and that's probably why Zach has autism so if you look back through my life, it's almost it's been preparing me for having, I have two sons with extra needs. You know, I had the jobs and I had all the training and it's very strange and sort of pushed me into sort of being able to handle it. And that's when probably when I started first, I reckon around that time, it was a very highly stressful time, obviously. And um, yeah, then I started getting diagnosed with things, which brings me up to my 40s when you say you were being diagnosed with things um just for some of our listeners who don't know you and if you don't mind talking about this what what kind of things were you being diagnosed with mental health uh, physical health or what, what specifically was it so these are all physical health issues i've got something called pernicious anemia which is i can't keep hold of b12 within my body and if that goes down to a certain well you, you can't survive without it to be fair and they found it quite low when I was sort of hallucinating all different colors I couldn't walk couldn't speak completely lost my memory I lost my time it was a really wow. scary time and then I went on to get arthritis lots of um, conditions with pain and fibromyalgia and the last, well, I've got a couple of spinal issues. Okay. And then I was diagnosed with heart disease in lockdown last year, first lockdown. Oh, really? That's very recent. 
again if you don't want to talk about this by the way you can tell me at any time i'm happy to talk about it it's fine um but so you were you were diagnosed with heart disease last year and obviously all of these other diagnoses with it as well how how does it make you feel when you get these diagnoses what how i think this is maybe far too broad of a question but i think the first couple which was a few things small little things to start with and um the fibromyalgia and and the um i've got like a malabsorption thing going on i think that was quite a relief to be honest because i'd been ill for such a long time no one knew what was wrong with me i think the first thing i was told is that i've got cancer and i obviously didn't by the doctors and it just been going on for like four or five years so i was relieved i was like i knew you know you obviously think you don't want to be ill. No, but, but you knew what it was and then you had a, the potential to try and do something about it, right? Is that... Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I also think things happen for a reason because my youngest son was bullied really badly this one year and um, he ended up in hospital with a head injury at the same time that my eldest son, who's got the autism was being treated really badly by his school oh, okay. and he was classed as a naughty child and um, obviously had autism and it was put on um, permanent exclusion and I homeschooled them for six months. I took out my other daughter, who's his twin, and I homeschooled him for six months. I found an absolutely amazing school and then my youngest son started developing issues and, and could only manage school for a very short amount of time every day. Couldn't have done that if I was a nurse. If I was still doing my nursing job, I just couldn't have been there for them. So I think it, looking back, it was horrendous at the time, but I think it was happened for a reason because I was there and present for them. Yeah, that makes sense. Being a nurse is possibly one of the most challenging uh, jobs in in the world. Um, and so, yeah, if you were trying to do that at the same time as looking after children who had, I like the word you used earlier, by the way, extra needs. Um uh, I, I like that terminology. Um, so yeah, if you're having children who have extra needs, uh, that 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 would have probably been even more difficult. So as you say, this all happened kind of concurrently. It all happens. Uh, you were getting diagnosed with things that weren't cancer, which was a slight relief, but was still very serious. <laughs> um, you were then uh, you were then having the, the challenges with your with your with your kids, uh, and then you say this came just before leading up to your forties and. Maybe we can we can take it from there if we if we if we go chronologically. Yeah, that was in my beginning of my forties, and I've got to say the the first couple of years is a complete blur to me now. I do use Facebook memories. I love Facebook memories popping up. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I can't remember that. My children, my youngest three, I've got five, but my youngest three, their early years are really sketchy, which is quite sad, really. Um, and then it was all about the business and setting it up. And I did. I joined um, an enterprise scheme with the government and I had a mentor called Adrian and he was amazing. He really helped me. And then I started getting some awards and I started being in the paper, Brilliant. on Forbes, in TV, on, on the radio. And it just sort of. Wow. snowboard it was just incredible really it was a it was a brilliant ride for sure and so all of this momentum and all of this 
um, joy around uh, the, uh, the the product that you were, that you were making? Was it because of design the design of the product? Was it something that people instantly said, "Oh, we have been missing this, and we need it"? What what made the connection to be able to get to Forbes and to be able to get on TV and win awards, etc.? I think it's two things. I think that the product is unique and it helps, and I also think it's my story. Mm-hmm. I think I started about a year or so after I sort of set it up properly I think I started thinking to know I need to be visible and I need to start talking and the one thing that my illnesses did to me it gave me confidence it was just really weird because before I wasn't very confident there's no way I'd do this with you, you know? okay. I wouldn't talk to anybody I was really shy I used to blush even as a nurse I used to didn't like the nursing um handovers and the and the ward rounds and all that I didn't like it it wasn't the bit I liked so I think that really helped me and I started going live and one of my lives which actually ended up in Forbes got seen by thousands and thousands of people people like the story I think people like the story that I've had difficulties and got through them Mm. and I managed them I think it's a feel-good thing and maybe a bit inspirational and I find a lot of other people like me. Oh, wow, that's amazing. So you'd come through something and it was a, a genuine struggle. I don't think anybody could could possibly deny that. But you fought through and you came out on the other side. So people saw that. And and as you say, it gave you an injection of of confidence, which I can understand that people might find a bit strange. The idea that you've suddenly been diagnosed with all of these um, 12 I've got 12 oh, now and that gave you confidence why do you think it was was it was it something to do with well look this is all happening I might as well just get on with it type of mentality or what do you think made made you suddenly gain more confidence and be able to do things like the Facebook lives and to be able to I, I think it really has something to do with the illnesses or one of the illnesses whether it's fibro or I'm not sure but it just, I don't know. I, I, it's a difficult question, that is, because I went through a very big change of not being able to have conversations. To be able to do this, I've been on TV. You know, I, it's just, there's no way. I think it took something in my brain. It's to, it switched something. And I do think that's one of the illnesses more than developing as a person, if that makes sense. It, it, it does, it does. Um, I'd be interested to know uh, if there's any research into into some of the illnesses and what they could potentially do and how they could change your mindset if that's if if, if that's the case maybe it may be not it may be that I just thought to myself subconsciously that what's the worst can happen I've been through all this stuff I want to share I don't know I just it's something I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about but it's a huge difference the difference from me as a nurse to as I am now is massive and so for people who don't know, a big part of that difference and a big part of that confidence is that now you actually run your own radio show on <laughs> Sully Hall Radio. And maybe you can give a bit of a shout out to that. I know it's not on air right now. Hopefully in a few weeks we'll be back. We'll be back. Fingerful. It's still going, still going. So Sully Hall Radio is still going. You can still listen to the shows. But mine, which airs on a Tuesday, is on hold because I can't travel because of the restrictions but they are lifting next month so 
Brilliant, brilliant. So you'll be able to get back and to um, have a wonderful conversation with all of your listeners again, which is <laughs> something we'll all look forward to. Yeah, it's obviously about crafters. It's craft to be kind, isn't it? So that's what I was about to move on to next. So craft to be kind is your group that you run on Facebook, and it, it's more than that. It's a community of, of community. So I suppose what we're talking three years ago. Well, no, before that, when I first started, I had my own, like, lockdown, if you like. So the first year of when I was ill, I didn't really leave the house. I was too poorly. I was on the sofa all the time, and I found the internet at that time. It was the only sort of contact I had with the outside world. And I found a lot of other crafters, and so many crafters have illnesses that I've got. So I found people that were like me. And I started um, like a networking group and I started running things. And I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. And then I started my own, what to call it really. It was a selling platform, but it still is a selling platform. <laughs> but it was a community surrounding that before, if that makes sense. It's difficult to explain it. So a community of people that come together and share and help each other. Is this it's called Heartisan? Is that what we're talking about at the moment? Yeah. Okay, so... From what I understand of Hardison, and you can correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but as you say, it's a, it's a platform a little bit like maybe something like Etsy, but actually it's a bit deeper than Etsy in relation to um, something I read, I think on your LinkedIn profile, the way that you described it was that it's a place where people can share their stories and therefore connect with people on a bit of a deeper level, which is what we're all about um, at Park Creations yeah. and what Storytelling with Park is all about too. Yeah. How do you think people share in those stories? Do you think it does make a difference? Do you think they are able to build stronger relationships with customers? How how does it work? Absolutely. So it's all about getting seen exactly where you're where you come from as well. So it's about sharing your stories, going live, connecting with your audience, and also having each other to support each other. So we can lift each other up. If anyone's got an issue, we can talk to each other. We're all very close and we all do it through messenger and facebook and social media so i sort of created really fabulous community before the radio show when the radio show i have other groups but i don't run them a part of my team run them i've never had my own one so i decided i was given the name craft to be kind by the uh, owner of the radio station i thought you know what i'm gonna have my own group and see what happens with it and it's been really lovely i absolutely love the group it's really cool and so within the within the group, um, what kind of stuff do you do on a daily basis? I know you mentioned lives. What else do you do? How, how do you get people involved? So we get people to share what they've been making, if they need any help. I do, I've started the end of last year doing some training. So if people want um, to know about, I don't know, for example, Canva or social media, mm-hmm. because when you start, I mean, I was a nurse. I had no clue about business whatsoever. So I did a lot of work to find out what to do. You don't know what to do. You, you know, you don't know how to list, how to market, how to get yourself out in the paper, all these sort of things. So I started helping and sharing like that. And that's what I've brought into Craft to Be Kind. And... Um, so I'm a member of Craft to Be Kind. You you kindly suggested that storytelling was a, was was a craft that was allowed in. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely, it's creative. It's creative. 
this. Um, and I love the group and, and something that uh, you've done um, recently for the Storytelling with Puck initiative was you helped us greatly um, and we can't, we can't thank you enough by gathering stories from all of the members of your group. And something you mentioned during this conversation was that a lot of the members of your group have also been through quite a lot and a lot of the crafters have actually some quite shocking and um also lovely incredible stories to to tell what is it you think that makes people who have been through such a difficult challenge decide to use the world of crafting and go into the crafting world and the crafting business yeah i think it helps to know what crafting really helps focus your mind it it not only gets you through your really bad days it helps you can get through pain. It helps you find other people the same as you. It gives you distraction. And it just, it makes you feel, sounds a bit strange again, but it makes you feel like worthwhile. You're doing something worthwhile. You're doing something to contribute to society because all of, well, I'd say we're called Spooners. So I'd say a lot of the Spooners have had to give up their job at some time throughout their journey. So it makes you feel like you're actually got a purpose. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and with a lot of the stories that I read too, you all have very different types of crafts. So yes, you're all crafting, but you're doing very different things. Um, yeah. And something that I noticed about each one was, although you have come from going through challenges, they've all been very different challenges. And those challenges have then created a genuine need, something which they realize that, hang on a minute, this is missing from somebody's life. This is missing from my life or my child's life or a friend's life. And then that's developed into, actually, I can do something about this. I have the skill or I can learn the skill and I can do this because I also have the some some more time because potentially I've lost the job etc and so I have time to focus and to learn something new um and that is quite clear in all of the stories that came through which I thought was was amazing but having those stories and having that genuine need do you think that then is one of the reasons that these crafting businesses are actually a success because they came from somewhere where it wasn't just made because somebody thought, you know what, I'd like some money, I'm going to start a business. It was made because yeah, to fix something. A lot of crafters will start with the thing that they need to solve a problem in their own life, like mm. I did. Yeah. That's usually where they start. They're usually like, oh, well, I could do that. I could, I could make something to help keep your mug warm, for example. You know, there's <laughs> the people who cliche the mug warmers. Yeah. Yes. And make bed to help someone sleep. And that's how it starts. And then, like I say, you start surrounding yourself with other people that have been in your position and you help. And you realise, actually, this is something I really want to do. I always say it found me because I've never crafted. I wouldn't have put myself as crafting years ago. I was always creative, mm-hmm. like to draw. I've never sewn in my life up until... <laughs> when I started, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm sure it does find you. I think most crafters will say that. It just, it feels a gap to start with, I think. And then it becomes, it becomes something more from there. It becomes an obsession. <laughs> it does. 
And so something you mentioned there is that you were always creative and you were able to draw. And I know you can write. Um, I've seen uh, I've seen some of your writing. And I also know that you've um, uh, released... How many books do you have, actually? This would be my second today. Fingers crossed it would be my second. So the let's, first let's one tell I did... the audience, uh, let's tell the audience listening what today is. Today is the launch of... It's the, a la- the launch of a book called Crafting in a Crisis. Um, it's called the Lockdown Edition. And it all started because of we were in lockdown. And that was a huge thing for crafters, as it was for everybody in the world. And I had to give up making for uh, a few months because everything shut down. Mm-hmm. And I got involved in a scrub. Right, where it is? A scrub organisation. I don't know. But <laughs> I... Um, I saw something on Facebook in my area that said we're looking for sewers that could help us make some scrubs and some masks and some bags. I've never made one and I was like, I need something to do because the news was absolutely driving me insane. I was overly thinking, getting worried, like everybody was. And I think this was April. So I contacted the lady who was organising it and I ended up taking over the operation so as the operation manager and I Mm -hmm. got 550 sewers and I got the fabric in we found someone to electrically cut it we had a team people on admin people cutting up the fabrics people all putting them all the packs together and I had a team of motorcyclists who would then take it out because Gloucester is a big area out all to the different sewers everywhere and then they'd bring them back ready and then we'd supply the hospitals it was crazy and we we set that up in a very short amount of time incredible it's absolutely incredible yeah yeah and then the end of last year it was brilliant actually looking back on it it was crazy time but looking back on it, it i'm really proud of what we all achieved you should be and i ended up getting a lockdown hero award and putting on the honors list by the council Oh, wow. And that was in the paper. So that was one of my proudest moments. Oh, congratulations. That's superb. I didn't write that. I didn't write that in my in the story with yours. I didn't write the last sort of end of the beginning of my 50s, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's that's amazing. That's uh, and. I can see as well when you talk about what you did and you talk about bringing the community together and supporting so many people. I can see, unfortunately, this isn't on, uh, this isn't on film. It's only on, it's only on air, but hopefully people can hear it too. The joy in your voice, um, when you are explaining what you did and how you were able to help people. And I think the nurse came back. Uh, that sounds obviously a bit weird as well, but obviously my nurse part of me are gone and I still want to help and still want to care and still help people and I just felt like I was doing that brilliant brilliant it's it's incredible and so that's your lockdown story and now the 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 book that is being launched today um hopefully (laughs) hopefully all being well (laughs) um uh, that came from that came from the idea that you were wanted to share your lockdown story and decided to go back to the craft to be kind group and see what other people's stories were and see if they would like to share what happened to them and how they coped etc as well and so what kind of yeah. stories did you have well gosh we have so many um i think i think it's 22 of us we have stories all about what 
how lockdown affected the businesses, how they may have had to shut, or how maybe they did really, really well. Cuddle beds had an amazing year, to be honest. And it was just, it's just really good that we've had people collaborate within that year. I started something called uh, a Mums in Business group in August, September, when things started opening up and going back to normal. And um, a few of the, those ladies I've met within that group wrote about their story. Um, it's just loads. It's just quite a lot of feelings and what happened to them. And I think it's quite an, quite an inspirational read. And then it finishes, the inspirational read finishes with your poem, which is awesome, right in the middle. Thank you. And then the second half of the book is my contribution to help people if they want to set up businesses or do things that are difficult and through the crisis you know that sounds brilliant um once it is released where can people find it amazon okay it should should be on amazon today it better be i'm gonna cry no I <laughs> well as soon as it is out as soon as it is available for release um we will make sure that we add it to the podcast show notes as well so that everybody can see it and that they are able Fabulous. to buy it Alongside that, it's probably a good idea to tell people where can they find you um, if they want any of your crafty goodies. I oh, I'm quite I'm quite a few places. So I have my own business, uh, my own website, which is um, Cuddle Beds. So if you look Cuddle Beds, it will come up. I'm on Facebook and Pinterest, Twitter. I sell with Robert Dias. So back in. I want to say 17, 2017, I won an award through Theopathetus. Oh, wow. Tell, tell us more uh, about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, on a Sunday, he's an incredible person. I've been following him for quite some time. And I got into Twitter again when I was brought in and researching. And um, he does something called Small Business Sunday. And he picks some winners every week and he does an incredible amount of work to help support them. And you go down to uh, the International Conference Centre in Birmingham and and he gives you your award and he teaches you and you can pitch to his buyers. So I went and asked him for a cheeky selfie and that's gone (laughs) everywhere. That selfie's gone everywhere. And I ended up selling in his shop. And, um, yeah, he's such a great bloke. I love him. He's really cool. And um, where else? Hachanda, there's a crafting channel called Chanda, so you can get my book and my products on there. I'm just setting up with Wayfair. Um, obviously, Hartazan, a place called Shop Handmade, which is a new marketplace. Mm-hmm. You're you're available in quite a few places. I tell you what we'll do because right. uh, the chances of people remembering all of these are <laughs> none. Um, so if you if you send me uh, across um, as many places as you can remember, <laughs> then, uh, then Facebook. We'll I'm on Facebook a lot. I hang out on Facebook a lot. And uh, the Craft to Be Kind group actually is 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 a, is, a, is a wonderful group. Now, before we get towards the uh, the final part of the podcast, and I will read a story at the very end of the podcast as well. Quite quite possibly a poem that uh, that the two of us know fairly well. <laughs> that would be that would be really apt, actually. I think it would. I think it would. Uh, I think it would link quite well. Um, but something that. Um, through all of the difficult times that you had, um, one thing that you mentioned was that you went over to New Zealand. And um, I've read a little bit, and we've spoken, I think, a little bit in the past about um, the fact that you travelled. And it's something that I've done uh, a lot of too, and I absolutely loved. 
Um, do you have any um, fun or interesting or wild or crazy stories um, that came from your time when you were traveling? Oh, I can't remember in my 20s. <laughs> it's a long time ago. It's a long time ago and I have a memory disorder, so I don't really know. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have asked that. But... I can tell you, um, when I decided I, I needed to leave New Zealand and come back, my sister travelled all the way to Australia and picked, I had a daughter then. Well, I only had one daughter then. Okay. Uh, I think she was about eight and she met us outside the Sydney Opera House. That was that was a pretty cool time. I also met the is it All Blacks, the rugby yeah. player in New Zealand. I also met all the All Blacks at a um, barbecue, which is quite a special time. Oh, that was awesome. Um, I thought I could think of off the top of my head. Really, I bought in lockdown. I bought a camper van which I use for my business because I don't just make cuddle beds now I make bean bags which happens to be my best seller for some reason <laughs> and sensory items so I use my van to pick up all the beans but um, I'm planning on doing a big tri- trip when I can and uh, around Europe I want to go to Switzerland I don't know why I just have a pool but I want to go to Switzerland in my camper van beautiful place it's a beautiful place and so um if your camper van um has the engine power to make it up to the top of the mountains and you can see the views from the top that would be wonderful (laughs) that's on my that's on my on my vision board i do have a vision board i do i um it's a collaboration i did with somebody called margo um this is through lockdown we met together and we've made um these amazing create your own vision boards so i've got a few things on there one's my book which i can take off one's to travel one's a new place to live and the other one is to be on this morning i really i'm thinking if this book can get out there i could go on this morning with the book so who's who's enticing you um to this morning is it philip or is it holly well it's just a bit of a strange story when zach Zach helps me with my business as well. That's my son. And um, he loves being on the radio. He's been on the TV and stuff. And he's actually said, Mum, I want to be on this morning. I don't know why. <laughs> I really don't know why. I, perhaps I used to watch it a lot when he was younger. I don't know. Um, it's neither of them, really. I just feel like that's something. I just feel called. I need to be on this morning to share my story. Do you know it's what? Strange, they enjoy um they enjoy personal stories such as yours. So I feel I feel like maybe we can we'll we'll, we'll have to see if we can uh, get some PR. Get Theo involved. Um and see Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he knows I'm sure he knows the producers there. So. I bet he does. Yeah. We'll make it a mission. We'll make it a mission. But I think that's a nice note uh, to leave to leave the podcast on. So we'll um We'll maybe get our listeners to all get together and see if they can find a way to get you in contact with the guys here this morning. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Get me and my boy on this morning. That'll, that'll be brilliant that'll be brilliant um, but what we'll do for now is I will say thank you so much for joining us on the Storytelling with Puck podcast it has been it's always an absolute pleasure speaking to you um, and thank you for being so open and for sharing your story as well you're very welcome and on that note we will end the podcast as we always do with a story from Puck Creations tired So tired. Drained from head to toe. Reduced to seconds of fight. Before accepting defeat once again. 
Every ache a wave, every tear a flood, every second an hour. As I look to you, wanting you close but pushing you away, I smile an external smile. Your smile is tinted with the same sadness and fear that I feel. You saved me from your tears, but I have enough of my own. Days pass. The pain fades and I can breathe again. I still cannot hold you in my arms, but I know I will again. My experience with COVID-19 came in its early days. We didn't know much about it, only that it had killed and would kill again. This mass murderer had knocked on my door, but my defences were up. Through nothing more than luck, I was able to fight. The luck of being born a few generations later than some. The luck of having no underlying health conditions and the luck of having the economic security to be able to rest and recover over time. Many others have not had the same luck. Many others have passed into the next world without the opportunity to say goodbye to this one. Those people are not a number, and they are not just the old and vulnerable. They are people who have loved who were loved, who are still loved now that they are gone. Don't let luck be the only reason that our loved ones survive. Stay safe, keep them safe, and let them grow old enough to add more and more chapters to their stories. Maybe then we can all feel a little less tired and a little more full of the vigour we need to live, not just to survive. You've just been listening to the Storytelling with Bug podcast. We'll be back very soon, so make sure you subscribe and catch up on any of the episodes you've missed.